Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Here's your host, Zach Gelb. Live from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Welcome on in to a Wednesday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all of our great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, Streaming live on YouTube, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS number to jump on in, 855-212-4227. You could always get at me on Instagram where I'm straight flexing or via the good old cesspool of Twitter at Zach Gelb. That's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Got Pat Boyle and Moist Mike rocking and rolling with me all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific, Chris Peterson, the former Washington and Boise State head coach, is going to drop by 20 minutes from now. And Fozzie Whitaker, the former Texas Longhorn and Carolina Panther, will join us at 4.20 p.m. Eastern, 1.20 p.m. Pacific. I actually want to start the show with some audio today. And I don't know why. Maybe this is just because I am a football guy and I'm a football junkie and I love the NFL draft. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I love like the second and third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh round of the NFL draft. Like I give a lot of credit to people like Chris Trapasso and all these NFL draft insiders, uh, Mel Kuyper and also Todd McShay, Todd, 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 when it comes to the way that they're able to put together a mock draft of every pick through seven rounds. Because as much as I know about football, And as much as I know about college football, there has to be some level, and I say this in actually a praising way, even though it's going to come off as like um, a a bully type of way, but it's not meant that way. There has to be a level of of a football nerd for you to be able to do a seven-round mock draft. Like, I would just not care, like, after the, the second round. I think I could get through two rounds of mock selections, but once you get to the third round... And I have to debate, oh, do you contemplate taking a kicker? Uh, Which offensive lineman do you go? Uh, Which cornerback, uh, 30th off the board, are you going to go? That's just not for me. But I do think a lot of us, we find the quarterbacks and how many quarterbacks will go in the first round to be the most intriguing conversation each and every year of the NFL draft. And two years ago, we all thought, oh, yeah, like three guys would go and only one did go. And it was Kenny Pickett. And then last year, you had a bunch of guys go in the first few picks. And then you had a little bit of a drop-off. 
before you eventually did hear Will Levis's name get called in the second round. But this year, it's shaping up to be one of those years where I still just don't know what it's going to turn out to be. Like, obviously, Caleb Williams is going to be a first-round pick. Uh, Drake May is going to be a first-round pick. I think Michael Penix Jr. has played himself into the first round. Jaden Daniels is going to be a first-round pick. So those are four right there. And then it's how many more guys do declare and how many guys end up saying, okay, I'm going to leave college and enter the pros and will you be thrown into the first-round conversation? Like, I love J.J. McCarthy personally as a college quarterback. I'm not a believer in J.J. McCarthy as a pro quarterback, but I was reading a piece the other day on ESPN that was basically saying if McCarthy leaves Michigan, he'll be a first-round quarterback. So the four names right now that I'm really in on are Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., and Jaden Daniels. And we were told since the start of the season that the two guys, and no matter what happened, one or two in the NFL draft, the first two picks were going to be Caleb Williams and Drake May. And as we sit here right now, one week left in the season, and all we know is that the first overall pick is going to be Chicago, it's not a lock that the Bears are taking a quarterback. And I have argued this before, and I've been saying this for about a week and a half now. I am on team, keep Justin Fields, trade back to two or three, have the Commanders or Patriots come up, and you get the best of both worlds, where you keep Fields, you get some draft capital back, and then, oh yeah, by the way, you go make sure to draft Marvin Harrison Jr., and you take Marvin Harrison Jr., you throw him in the same wide receiving room as DJ Moore, and you have Justin Fields, and you have a nice trifecta to really build on moving forward. But as easy as I could argue that, someone could give me a call at 855-212-4CBS and say, Zach, you're crazy, they should take Caleb Williams. Or Zach, you're crazy, they should take Drake May. So I don't know that it's going to be quarterbacks one and two off the board. I don't. Because if the Bears get a call maybe from a team at eight, I don't know if they should move back that many spots. Now, you could argue maybe they take another wide receiver and they're okay with passing up for enough first-round picks to say goodbye to Marvin Harrison Jr. because you move back to eight, you're not going to get him. I'm just throwing numbers out there. But I'd be more than fine if Chicago elected to take Marvin Harrison Jr. in at number one. I do believe, though, in some way, the first three picks of the draft, in whatever order you want, will be pertaining to these three players. Marvin Harrison Jr., Caleb Williams, and Drake May. How those players go, one, two, three, I don't know. We got to see how this week plays on out, what the speculation is on Chicago. But one way or another, I really do believe those will be the first three players in some order off the board in this NFL draft. But Michael Penix Jr. now is the name that is rising up draft boards. And since I like Chris Trapasso a lot, and I like Ryan Wilson a lot, I went to their latest mock draft, and they already have one out, which is crazy. And let's just go with Ryan Wilson because it's the latest. This was on the second day of January. So yesterday, he had Caleb Williams going one to the commanders who would trade up. Then he had the Patriots at two taking Drake May and the Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three to Chicago. Now, the next quarterback that he had off the board was Jaden Daniels to the New York Giants in at number five. And then another quarterback does not go until 11 
and that is Michael Penix Jr. And let's see, does he have any other quarterbacks in the first round right now? He does not. So he has four first-round quarterbacks, the four first-round quarterbacks that I think will go, but that name, Michael Penix Jr., which I don't know why, that people are just starting to realize how good of a quarterback this guy is. Maybe it's because two reasons. One, we're very stubborn as a society. And when Michael Penix Jr. was at Indiana, you remember him for being injured. So once he transfers to Washington, no one. Like, not even the uh, Kalen DeBoer, the head coach of Washington, who knew him from Indiana, could have predicted that he would have had these two monster seasons. And he would have been one of the better quarterbacks in the country for the last two seasons. Where there was a big Heisman push last year towards the end for Michael Penix Jr., And this year, he finished second. And he has been sensational. So, with that being said, I think people already had their opinion on Michael Penix Jr. And for whatever the reason is, they didn't want to move off of that. Or, maybe it's just the nature of the East Coast-West Coast thing, where I know that there's a ton of Pac-12 games now that are played at 3.30 p.m. Eastern or at noon because of the TV deals, but there are a lot of games that are played late at night, and maybe you just didn't watch a lot of Washington football. But Washington has been the team that has been disrespected all throughout the year. Now, before the season, I picked them to win the Pac-12. But, like, and I even became a victim to this as well. And I'm at fault of this and guilty of it as well. Even after Washington beat Oregon, down the stretch of the season, there was a lot more of a push because of the way that Oregon was playing. And Washington had some close games and their offense wasn't always humming in every game down the stretch, where people started to think Oregon was the better team. And not only that, Oregon, remember in that Pac-12 championship game? They were a nine and a half point favorite. So Washington was disrespected going into the Pac-12 championship game. And even though they were undefeated, they go and play Texas in the Sugar Bowl. And I thought that was the easiest bet I've ever made at plus four and a half. Because even if you thought they were going to lose, they were not going to lose that game by more than four and a half points. They weren't going to lose that game by five points. And Washington, even though they had a rocky finish at the end, from start to finish, were the better team. And you saw so many big throws by Michael Penix Jr. in that game. And it's one thing to have three extremely talented wide receivers and have an offensive-minded coach and be in the right system, but you still got to throw the football. And Michael Penix Jr., His accuracy and his pinpoint accuracy in that game with everyone now watching, even though the game was so late, that's like the irony of it too. There's so many people that don't stay up during the regular season to watch these games. College football playoff, you're going to stay up and watch it. And he was sensational in the contest. And he's a great leader. He's a team guy. Remember the Heisman Trophy? Now, you could dress the way that you want, but he had all the teammates' names did this as a surprise, engraved into his suit, stitched into his suit, which was very nice, and he's throwing the ball great. So I asked this question yesterday to Greg McElroy, and I said to him, how far are you willing to go with the Michael Penix Jr. praise when you compare him to Caleb Williams and you compare him to Drake May and the rest of the quarterbacks in this draft class? And this is what Greg McElroy, the former Alabama quarterback and SEC Network analyst, had to say. If you want to go just sheerly on arm talent, on arm talent alone, he has he's the most talented passer in the country. 
Uh, and he's the most talented passer in the quarterback class. If I had to have a rookie playing in the NFL right now, and I need to win, and I'm a coach that needs to win to preserve my job, the quarterback I want under center in year number one is Michael Penix. I think he's going to have the easiest transition from college to pro because he's already playing in an NFL-style system, and he's already executing at a high-level NFL-caliber throws. And we are a copycat league. And I'm not directly comparing him to this player. But what Greg just kind of said was similar to the way that we talked about C.J. Stroud last year. Where people knew C.J. Stroud was going to go early. I'm not saying Michael Penix Jr. is going to be the second overall pick in this draft. But a lot of people last year said the most NFL-ready quarterback was C.J. Stroud. A lot of people said that. And C.J. Stroud ends up landing at two to the Texans and he's on the verge of potentially going to the playoffs this weekend. So Michael Penix Jr. being the most NFL-ready quarterback and a guy that if he has the talent, you think he could win right away? Maybe this time next year, we're talking about a sensational rookie season for Michael Penix Jr. And also, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if you're a talented quarterback to be the third or fourth quarterback off the board. Because then... As long as you're not going in the top five, and I don't think we will see four quarterbacks go in the top five. You may see three because Jaden Daniels could be the third quarterback taken off the board. It could be Michael Penix Jr. But I do believe what Greg said about the injury concerns. That's going to push Michael Penix Jr. a little bit further down the first round. I would still imagine he goes top 15. I would still imagine he goes top 20. Like I can't see him falling past 15 or 20 really in the NFL draft, but the further he falls, in theory, you're going to a better team. And I'll just throw out two teams right now that I think he could walk into next year and be a playoff contender with. Those two teams would be the Minnesota Vikings and actually the Las Vegas Raiders. So hear me out on Minnesota. Minnesota has an offensive-minded coach in Kevin O'Connell. They have two young wide receivers. One is the best receiver in the game right now and Justin Jefferson when healthy. And then Addison via Pitt and USC, where he won the Blitnikoff Award at Pitt. That's a pretty damn good situation to walk into. Plus, you have Hawkinson coming off an injury, and K.J. Osborne is a solid number three wide receiver. That's a good spot to go into, and you're playing in a dome in Minnesota. Now, the Raiders, I think a lot of people could say, ah, oh, Zach, come on. The Raiders are toxic. And I know if they keep Antonio Pierce, that's a defensive-minded coach, but you could be a defensive-minded coach and still win in this league. And you got to give Devontae Adams a reason to want to stay. You run this back next year with Aiden O'Connell and Jimmy G as your starter, one of them, I could guarantee you this, Devontae Adams is going to request a trade. But you draft the young quarterback of Michael Penix Jr., you got something there. And maybe you're able to keep Josh Jacobs there. Because that's the big misnomer. The Raiders were toxic last year. But guys like Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, and Devontae Adams, they all want to be Raiders. But they didn't want to be a Raider anymore with Josh McDaniels as the head coach because this guy could mess up a one-car funeral when you give him the keys and tell him to go drive the car. And I'll just float out one other team. And I think this team's a good destination, and they need a quarterback. And I would love to see them get Jaden Daniels because of the speed that he brings. That's Atlanta. 
Like Atlanta's got B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. They got a ton of potential. They got a ton of talent. Now, I would get rid of Arthur Smith, and I'd bring in a new coach, and I'd bring in a new quarterback as well, because as much as I love saying Taylor Ham Heineke, he's not the answer, and we know Desmond Ritter is not the answer as well. So I do believe Michael Penix Jr. is going to be a top 15 pick. And when you start to look at the options, Minnesota, the Raiders, Atlanta, maybe a team like the Saints, you know, Denver, I don't know if you have to take a quarterback this year, but you need a quarterback of the future. Maybe even Seattle. Like, could you imagine Michael Penix Jr. staying out there and going to Seattle where you have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba? I don't know if he'll be there where Seattle's picking, but that would be a heck a heck of a fit for Pete Carroll to continue the rest of his career, getting that guy as his quarterback. So I like Michael Penix Jr., Michael Penix Jr. is giving you more and more of a reason to believe, as long as he stays healthy, that he could be a very successful NFL pro quarterback. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. (laughs) Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, But I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Here's Zach Gilb. All righty, rocking and rolling. It is the Zach Gilb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. The national championship game is set for Monday night. I'll be in Houston, assuming that the weather holds up nicely here in New York and we have no plane problems, which is always uh, an issue. So let's just hope that we get to Houston in one piece with no delays and no frustration for me, as you'll see Michigan go up against Washington And the winner will be the college football playoff national champion. And now joining us on the hotline is a man that was the head coach at Boise State and also with those Washington Huskies. And that is Chris Peterson, kind enough to join us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coach, appreciate the time. How are you? 
I'm good. My pleasure, Zach. How are you? Well, I'm doing fantastic. So I actually thought of you the other day because I was perusing through Twitter on New Year's Day, and I saw it was the anniversary of that great Fiesta Bowl when you were at Boise State. All these years later, when you look back at that night and what that season meant to you, what are the memories that come back to mind? (laughs) It was a good night. (laughs) No doubt about it. Um, Yeah, in some ways, I was talking to somebody about that the other day. You know, certainly the people from Boise, um, you know, talk about that game still a bunch. But, you know, in some ways, it feels like it just happened a couple years ago. And in some ways, it felt like, man, that was a long time ago. And I guess that's kind of how life is in general. But that that's what that game feels like to me, kind of. Yeah, I remember so much of it, like it was yesterday. But yeah, that was a long time ago. There were so many iconic memories from that game. But I, I always wondered this. Did you know that Ian Johnson was going to propose to his girlfriend afterwards? Did you know that? No, no clue. <laughs> None whatsoever. And, you know, it's so awesome that they're doing so well. He and Chrissy are still, you know, married and doing great and all those things. But it was so weird because, you know, half the nation or so much of it was just so enthralled with that great game. But then there was a whole other side of things that people were just so enthralled with the marriage and the proposal and how that was going on. The next day, I think those guys got invited back to New York to one of those morning shows to talk about the proposal. And I'm like, wait, we're talking about that or not? We're not talking about the game? We're talking about the marriage proposal? So it was just kind of one of those things where it was just like a culmination of all kinds of craziness that all happened at one time in Arizona. That was a blur probably when you're living through it in the moment and then you look all these years later and you're like, holy heck, now we're in the year of 2024 and so many people have changed from that game but in all the chaos and the aftermath of that game, when did you realize that the proposal did go down? Like, did you realize right away or did someone have to tell you? Well, right away, but didn't think much of it till the next day. And then they're getting all these interview requests yeah. for the wedding. And what even gets even more wild, I mean, we could talk for so long about this, but what even gets more wild about this, Zach, is I, I think we fast forward six months later, Ian, you know, was only, I think, a sophomore at the time. So he's coming back. The wedding's going to be in the summertime. I'm in a compliance meeting with Ian, Chrissy, her parents, uh, our compliance office, um, to make sure all this is legal in terms of, like, fans wanting to send them gifts. And I remember thinking, is this for real, that I'm sitting in this meeting right now trying to figure out how to get next year's team ready to go, and we're talking about wedding gifts? But that's that's how it was back in the day. Oh uh, yeah, that's just how ridiculous Chris Peterson, the NCAA was. Like I used to read an read I once read an article that you could give players a bagel, but then if you supplied them with cream cheese or butter, it would have been an infraction. Um, yes, <laughs> as well as trail mix was fine as long as there was not M and M's in it, and you'd have to take <laughs> that out to give it to them. I mean, it was just all kinds of stuff. And, you know, that's part of the reason we are where we are right now, basically with no rules, no restrictions, no nothing, because the NCAA was so far behind on the times and wouldn't adjust and adapt. And so after a while, you know, that's just not going to, that's not going to fly. And so here we are. And and with everything in life, there's good and bad things. Um, I do think though, the transfer portal and NIL, it's very good for the players, even though it's an adjustment for the coaches, 
but it feels like there's no structure uh, right now in, in college football and there's no rules. And if we really knew everything that was going on, it, it, it does come off to me as like the wild, wild west right now. Well, there's no question. I mean, there, it, it is the wild, wild west. Players are getting recruited out of their own locker room by other coaches. It's not right what's going on. If people really knew, it's, it's just you shake your head. And we're, we're all, you know, at fault on this whole thing. And like you said, you know, um, you know, what is best? I think it needs to come back what is good, best for the good of the game, the good of the kids, those type of things. In my opinion still, like I'm not in it, so I try to look at this from objective landscape, objective lens, and I get the coaches, um, you know, maybe old school mentality. And if you have that, you should get out of coaching because you're not winning that battle. Like you need to adjust and adapt with the times. But I also don't think just wide open – Anytime kids are going to – when it gets hard, they're out. They're going to transfer. Like, I know that doesn't work. I think of all the teams that we had through Boise State and even at Washington, you know, us getting into the college football – I can't tell you how hard it was the first two years at Washington before the third year we went to the college football playoffs. And, I, you know, I know if you just carte blanche open up to – I don't know if anyone would even stay. They would not have gone through those hard things. And I go back in my career at Boise State where, you know, and we had a run there when Kellen Moore was the quarterback, you know, at 50-3. and three. Even for those guys where it's going good, we would have lost a lot of guys because it was just too hard. And I think you look back on it and so many people were like, man, I'm glad I stayed. I'm so glad I stuck this out. I think this is one of the reasons that Washington is where they are today. Because when I stepped away – I know a lot of those kids were thinking, uh-oh, but the transfer portal was not wide open like it is. Then, then you know, there's two years with, um, you know, Jimmy Lake, and for whatever reason it just didn't work, and then Kalen DeBoer comes in, the transfer portal starts to open up. And so many of those guys could have chose to move on. They don't know Kalen DeBoer and his staff. And so, you know, there's a lot of people working to keep these kids in place and say, just give them a chance. Like, this is part of the growing process. This thing should get better for you. But you're going to have to trust some things and, you know, go through some hard things. I don't think Washington is where they are today without those kids going through those hard things. I think it's very tough to build a program now. And it's going to be extremely tough for some of the smaller schools. But you do look at the last two years, and you never know how the first two years are going to go when you take over a program but Sonny Dykes last year, who was a coaching veteran, right? He had multiple jobs, but year one gets TCU to the national championship game. And here we go with Kalen DeBoer, where he used to coach at, at Washington, where it's been two years and they've only lost two games. And both of those games were by less than eight points that they lost. So it is amazing. And it speaks to who DeBoer is as a coach, how quickly he was able to trust his players, Chris Peterson, but also his players were able to trust him. Absolutely. And, you know, this is a player's game. And credit to those players for believing, for trusting the message. You know, that's a hard thing these days for these kids to trust messages, trust coaches, because there's just a lot of nonsense going on out there. And so the whole thing that they're growing up in with, you know, NIL and making it all about some money and, um, you know, and some of the money is for real and that needs to be paid attention to. But I also think they're chasing, uh, you know, money that's not game-changing money that it's like you're going down the wrong path for the wrong reasons. And so there's a lot of confusion going on out there right now. And it's awesome that they did believe the message, that they did stick it out to trust this 
this man and his coaching staff, and there's no question about it. Kellen DeBoer is as good as anybody in the game today, um, and it's just amazing what he's done in such a short period of time. And it's impossible to not feel just sensational for Michael Penix Jr. with all the injuries that he suffered at Indiana. For him to now finally get a good bill of health and play at this level, just what's kind of your view on the quarterback? Because he seems like he's a coach's dream. (laughs) I think it's kind of a a shame that so many people really missed um, how good Michael Penix is all year. Now everybody saw the game and they're like, oh my gosh, how about this guy? And I think everybody that's been with him for the last two years has been saying that, oh, my gosh, how about this quarterback? And, you know, I mean, I just – I think that, um, you know, I'm not sure if he got his proper due in this whole thing. I mean, we try not to get hung up on external awards and all that because you don't control those things. But the fact that he's a second-team quarterback in the Pac-12, that he's the second runner-up in the Heisman – I mean, none of this makes sense to a lot of people that have been watching him and the work that he's put in and how he's elevated this team. It's second to none, and I think people are starting to see that right now. Do you think he should have won the Heisman over Daniels at LSU? I mean, Jaden Daniels is a spectacular quarterback, and those stats that he put up, oh, my gosh. I mean, most people can't do that stuff in practice. You can't do that on air. So I don't want to take anything away from that. I mean, I think the big question, Zach, is, is like, what really is the Heisman Trophy? You know, what is it? Is it the, is it the truly the best player in the country? Well, how do you measure that? Is it the best player that elevates his team and they're playing on, you know, for national championship type awards? And so, you know, we're not playing the same schedules. You know, when you weight the schedules in terms of non you know, out of uh, season schedules and those type of things, non-conference schedules. So it's so subjective that it makes it really, really difficult to say do you think he should have won or not. I mean, I just know that Washington is not where they are 1,000% without that quarterback that they have there. Talking to Chris Peterson right now, the former coach at Washington and also Boise State. When you get to this matchup, I think the, the biggest talking point when I look at just on the field, not is this going to be Harbaugh's final game and right the story behind both the teams, but – Um, on the field is going to be the Michigan run game Uh, because that could be the best defense for Michael Penix Jr. If you get Corum and Donovan Edwards, who's the strength of that Michigan team going, and they could get on long drives and kind of bleed out that clock and keep Penix on the sideline. Yeah, you're 100% right on that. And I don't think Washington has really seen a run game to this magnitude. I will say this, the University of Oregon can run the heck out of the ball. That was the most balanced offense I felt in the country all along and they had a really spectacular run game so it's super balanced they throw it more than michigan did i'm talking about oregon now Mm -hmm. but they can run it now i will say this in the two times that washington (laughs) played oregon they they neutralized that run game especially the second time they kept oregon's offense on the sideline and if michigan can do that to washington that's that's going to be one of the, the keys to success, to keep Penix and company on the sideline. Because if you give them too many chances and they spend too much time on the field, you're not stopping these guys. You may slow them down a bit, and the best way to do that is to keep them on the sideline. Well, it got hairy at the end of that game up against Texas. It looked like Washington was going to cruise to a victory, and then they almost choked that game away. How did you kind of process 
the final three minutes, Chris Peterson. Yeah, it was crazy because I felt like you did too. It's like, yeah, they got this thing wrapped up. And then it was kind of this series of unfortunate events that all, you know, it's like they took no time off the clock. And then the injury timeout. I don't like that rule, by the way. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of starting to open their eyes on that whole thing. So the offensive player gets hurt, the clock stops. Um, that really had a huge effect. But it wasn't any one thing. It was a couple of things. And credit to Texas for battling back. But it did feel like that. You know, it was kind of like an NFL game. You know, you see these NFL games and one team has control. And then in late in the fourth quarter, you're like, this is a one-score game. These guys can go down the field and score if they do that. It seems like so many NFL games are like that when you get these evenly matched teams, and that's exactly what happened on Saturday night. And Washington's defense, which they've done all year long, they swell up and they make plays when plays need to be made. You know, we always have this <laughs> phrase that we've used forever, that stats are for losers. And that is the perfect example of that. Like, if you compare stats – Michigan's defense versus Washington's defense, like the stats, they don't, they don't add up at all. And in so many ways, like if you're just looking at stats on teams, let's Washington teams, certainly on the defensive side, you're thinking, ah, no. But yes, they just come through when plays need. They need to get in a turnover, they seem to get one. They need to get a stop, they seem to get it. If they have to slow down the run game, they seem to do that. And it's been phenomenal to watch all year long. Coach, last thing I'll ask you, wrapping up with Chris Peterson, uh, when you elected to walk away, I think it shocked a, a lot of people, and you know that if you wanted a job tomorrow, you could easily get one, and there'd be a lot of schools that would be hitting you up to try to get you back on the sideline. Do you have any interest of returning to coach college football? You know, I, I don't at this time. I, I think if I did, I, I would have returned. Um, what I do have interest in is the good of the game and really trying to help coaches navigate this changing landscape that's going on and really how to stay healthy and at their best. Because I don't think people realize how all-consuming this job is. It's really not even like pro football. Pro football, you have your season, and then you have your off-season. You know, you have your draft, and then you have your off-season, and you're doing things, but on a normal pace, normal-type hours you know, a seven to six type job. In college football, you don't have that. It is 24-7, 365 from recruiting your own team to stay put. The next, you know, round of recruits that starts in their freshman year all the way through their senior year. It's just so much constant chaos at all times. And it's very hard to stay sane in this job for the most part. You lose perspective so quickly in this job because I always say that arena will continually squeeze and restrict you from your best self. And unless you take steps to really build in healthy mechanisms in your life, it's, it, it, it becomes a very, very difficult job. And so that's, that's a little bit where my passion is now, Zach, is, is helping guys try to navigate that and, and figure that out. Would you want to see it like turn into one, just 60, 65 team conference and right. You have divisions inside the conference and just have one commissioner of college football. Like, do you think that would be a good idea for the future of the sport to get everyone under one umbrella? Yeah. You know, I think Chip Kelly had been talking yeah. about that, you know, separating maybe 65 and, you know, 60 and 60 or whatever it is. You'd be a good commissioner yeah, I, for it, by the way. 
Pardon me? You'd be a good commissioner for it. Yeah, I think Chip might be a good commissioner for it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think it's something like that. I mean, the thing is so, you know, like, again, even with, like, the, the collectives at NIL, nobody's pay, playing by the same rules. Yeah. Like, I think that's the one thing that everybody wants. It's like, what are we doing here? Let's all play by the same rules. So if we take 60 teams and we say it's going to cost this much money, and everybody, you know, is going to put in at least this much money, and you can't go over this much, and there's probably going to have to be collective bargaining with the players. And I don't think anyone has a problem with players making money at all. I think what everybody has a problem with, there's no guardrails. There's no guidelines. There's no what are we doing. Everybody's just making it up as they go, and there truly is not any governing body. I mean, they're not even paying attention to the, the stuff that's going on out there right now. They're not even paying attention to the NCAA. They're not even kind of worried about that. They're just going. And so, and nobody likes it, but they don't know what to do. So I do think something needs to happen. I do think something in the next couple of years will probably happen where a group of teams or some leagues break away. And then there can be a fallback mechanism and we can make some rules that make sense for everybody. And let's play by the same rules and, and uh, you know, get back to where everybody's feeling better about things. Coach, really do appreciate the time today. Enjoy the national championship game on uh, Monday night, and you be well, right? You got it. All right, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. You got it. Thanks so much. There he is, Chris Peterson, joining us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Did a sensational job when he was coaching at Boise State and also Washington, and the Huskies will play Michigan on Monday night in the national championship game. Here's Zach Gelb. Alrighty, it's time to ask the pros. We, the listener, gets to ask us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply tweet your question at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb using the hashtag AskThePros. Be listening later in the show when we might answer your question. You can think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You can make the case that the Bills are still the second best team in the AFC. And you could also make the case that the Buffalo Bills won't even make the playoffs after this weekend. And I don't know what's going on with Miami Dolphins, right? Jalen Phillips is now out for the season. You have Bradley Chubb, who was left in that game, I guess you could say for too long, and now he's out for the season. And I don't know if you saw this story today. I think everyone is okay. But Tyreek Hill, I was on actually on 560 WQAM with Channing Crowder and Mark Hockman down in Miami, and Hockman put up the uh, video on uh, Twitter. And Tyree Kill's house was up in flames. Now, Tyree Kill, I guess, was at the facility or on the practice field. And he then went to his house to make sure that everyone was okay. Uh, but that's just wild. And I, I think it was Barash who pointed this out on the overhead video. Because when that happens, right, you have a chopper that goes there. And they want to see, the, you know, all the new stuff. Tyree Kill was in a, a walking boot as well. So that, I didn't know that Tyree Kill... Was uh, was in a walking boot. You know, I know he's been dealing with some some injury problems, but he was in a walking boot in that video. So that's the farthest thing from his concern, least of his concern. I hope everything uh, is okay, but it looks like uh, everything is all right considering the circumstances with Tyree Kill. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of theories how that house uh, went up in flames, but I'm not going to speculate on that because I don't want to turn this out to be like an Aaron Rodgers, uh, Pat McAfee. And Jimmy Kimmel situation. I do not want to get involved with lawsuits. I don't want to have to be like McAfee and then actually wear a button down to work and give like a prepared statement and all that other stuff. Did you see uh, my least favorite owner in the NFL 
David Tepper got a punishment for throwing a drink on a fan. It was a $300,000 fine. Now, when I first read that, I'm like, oh, wow, $300,000 just for a drink. That's uh, pretty expensive. Now, I think I'm going to try to be calm today about David Tepper. I uh, ranted and raved yesterday and lost my mind and called him like a petulant pig or something like that. And I'm just really annoyed, if you can't tell, with David Tepper. But I'm trying to be a little calmer in 2024. I don't think it's going to actually work, but... Um, especially when we just talk about things in, in this job and naturally you're just going to have me yell and naturally you're going to have me just lose my mind. But when the guy is worth this, however many billions he's worth, it's just another slap on the wrist by the NFL to just give him a $300,000 fine. And also this statement that he released. He had all these days to come up with a statement and all you could put together is I'm deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday I should have let NFL Stadium security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. You know what's funny about that, Samter? And this shows you just how much of an arrogant jerk David Tepper is and how he blames everyone when something doesn't go right but himself. Through all those words, did we even get, I'm sorry, did we even get, I am wrong for throwing a drink on a fan. All you got was I'm deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let NFL stadium security handle any issue that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. So I guess you could say he regrets it. So I guess that's good enough for a sorry, but that statement comes off to me as if he's still blaming the fan as to why he threw a drink on that fan and still When you are an NFL owner, I don't care what a fan says to you. I'm not saying fans can't say mean things to you and offensive things to you. But you are the multi-billionaire. You are the owner of the team on a road environment. You put on your big boy pants. You get up and you walk away. And you act like an adult. And David Tepper wasn't able to do that. I actually have a punishment. Because I think you would agree a $300,000 fine is kind of soft. Where if that was us, we would be like, oh, we're screwed. But for David Tepper, what is that, like a penny to him? You know, maybe a, maybe five cents, <laughs> if at most. You know, that's like a chunk change, a chump change for him. I would do this. They have a home game this weekend. I am going to imagine that when you have a two-win football team and you don't have your first-round pick and this fan base hates your guts, that that's not going to be a highly attended game in Carolina for Tampa Bay and the Carolina Panthers. I would allow every fan in attendance to walk up to David Tepper for his punishment, and they get to throw a drink in his face. I believe that is the only suitable, punitive action for David Tepper's petulant arrogance and petulant decision that he made last weekend throwing a drink in a fan's face. $300,000 is not going to do anything for him. This Fugazi apology that he didn't even write is not going to do anything. Those fans can't stand him. Let the fans throw a drink in your face for what, like 8,000 fans may be in attendance for this one? And that may even be benevolent. Or maybe we put Tepper in a dunk tank. I would go to that game. If we could throw a ball at a bullseye and and get to dunk David Tepper, oh, I would go there. I, I would pay for Boyle to go. I'd pay for Samter to go. And we would have a show trip 
if we got to either dunk David Tepper or throw a drink in his face. Because that's how insufferable that guy is, and he's horrible for the NFL. And let's only give him a $300,000 fine and think he's actually going to learn from his wrong. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.